Welcome to California School News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Osmus and Drew Schlossberg. Good day to you. This is California School News Radio, the voice of education in California. Every week we bring you newsmakers from the world of education to discuss what's going right in our schools from the perspective of administrators, teachers, students, parents, and community members. I am Kevin Osmus of VMA Communications, and with me as always is my colleague and co-host Drew Schlossberg. How are you doing today, Drew? Happy New Year to you and to our wonderful guests and that great VMA Communications team of yours. Oh, it is great, and Happy New Year to you and uh, to uh, your family and all of your loved ones. Yes, it is a brand new year, 2022, uh, and we're, as we begin, we could not be prouder to be bringing this show to you. Uh, our quest is to bring our listeners the best of what's going right in our schools, and it's brought us education stories that you just won't find anywhere else, uh, as well as presenting a wide range of personalities who will truly touch your heart, we feel, and just this school year, uh, since the beginning of the school year, we have covered parent mentor programs, TV production schools and elementary schools, TV production studios and elementary schools and high schools, exciting new approaches in mathematics like CSTEM and math reasoning with connections, child development centers and community colleges. We've talked to student board representatives, students who are restoring vintage automobiles for their community. Uh, and we even pulled together our first international show uh, with participants from Turkey, Canada, and the United States discussing a collaborative online student art show. And today we are going to talk about the benefits of transitional kindergarten. So for the first time ever, I'm going to urge listeners, if you like what you hear, if you want to hear more of these wonderful stories, please go to your favorite podcast provider, click the follow button. If we're not on your favorite podcast provider, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to join them. And you can always go to caschoolnews.net. Click on the radio button on the top menu that will uh, bring you to the California School News Radio page. You'll find our latest podcast as well as an archive of all of our shows dating back to 2018. And if you click to subscribe to our newsletter, you will get an additional bonus of receiving an e-newsletter in your inbox every Monday containing the best of education stories that week, as well as the latest California School News Radio program. And to conclude... If you like what you hear, tell a friend, uh, because we are truly the coolest education podcast in the United States. That's that's my statement. So without any further ado, very excited for this program today. This summer, the state of California's four-year phase of universal transitional kindergarten, or TK, as it's commonly known, begins uh, this summer, uh, offering public school classes to children who will have their fifth birthday between September 2nd and February 2nd. Uh, at Hacienda La Puente Unified School District, they are more than ready for this phase in. TK has been available at Hacienda La Puente for many, many years, and it's a very successful program. And here today to talk to us more in depth about what's in store for the community is Hacienda La Puente Executive Director of Elementary Education, Dr. Angela Lin. Welcome to California School News Radio to you, Angela. It is a pleasure to be here with you, Kevin Drew and Dr. Menhavar. And also with us is Sparks Elementary School teacher, Dr. Delilah Minjavar. Welcome to the program to you, Delilah. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. Glad to share my experiences and looking forward to our conversation. 
Yes, uh, and because you two know transitional kindergarten as, as well as probably anybody in the state of California, um, I know almost nothing about it. I mean, there's there's uh, kindergarten, there's uh, pre-kindergarten, there's preschool, and there's transitional kindergarten. Angela, what are the differences and uh, what are the benefits for transitional kindergarten for uh, families across the Hacienda La Puente Unified School District community? Oh, I'm happy to speak to that question. So children participating in preschool, pre-K, are predominantly within the age range of three and four years old. Um, within the program, they learn and develop through a highly interactive, playful environment that's meant to prepare them for the more uh, formal classroom setting that they'll be heading into. And so with that confidence, they can then head into TK or kindergarten the following year. For kindergarten serve students who turn age five by September 1st of that school year, um, in kindergarten students acquire skills that are designed to really encourage high achievement in grade level knowledge, uh, concepts and skills such as expanding the vocabulary, um, reading high frequency words, writing basic sentences, ordering and counting. And then there's TK. So TK is the bridge between pre-K and kindergarten. TK is going to be more uh, academic uh, than preschool, yet more developmental than kindergarten. So it has a different curriculum and a different focus from pre-K and kinder. The TK program really, truly powerfully enhances children's skill sets that help them to be ready for a more rigorous academic curriculum. Yeah, and it's, it's really, it, it's a question of preparing the kids so that they can learn once they get into kindergarten certainly once they can get into get into first grade we all know that uh, students don't learn at the same pace necessarily and I'm sure that's cert certainly that's true before they get into school uh, what have you found so far how many years have you had the TK programs at Hacienda La Puente uh, we started the the program back in 2012 I want to say was the inaugural year of TK Okay, and so what have you what have you found so far? What are, uh, some of the big pluses of having the program, and and what have you heard from some a lot of the parents and the families? Oh gosh, the benefits are countless. Um, and Dr. Manavar, chime in at any time because I know you have infield experience. But I'll just get us started. So some of the um, more obvious benefits of TK, uh, the goal is really for for children to have an opportunity to develop their oral language. Um, and early academic needs uh, address the, the, the needs of uh, younger children. Specifically, we're talking reading, writing, and math in interactive ways. So they use a lot of hands-on experiential instruction in both the large and small group settings. Um, within TK, kids are having opportunities to work together. Um, they're learning how to follow multiple steps and directions and they're developing communication and motor skills. And they, like I said, they do this a lot through hands-on play. Um, the idea is that children are being encouraged to explore and discover, question and problem solve, and, and, and at the same time, building socialization skills with not only their peers, but learning how to interact a productively and positive way with adults. Then there are some of the other benefits that maybe aren't as commonly known um, and we just we really can't say enough about the value of helping kids to generate a love for and curiosity about learning. And the TK environment does just that. Um, in addition to that, it, it, like I said, it establishes strong oral language and literacy foundations. But in a long term sense, that leads to improved outcomes 
in A through G preparation for college eligibility. So we're talking real long-term positive outcomes, um, as well as lower dropout and increased high school graduation rates. And that's a result of developing kids' resilience, their confidence, um, and persistence from an early age. No, that's terrific. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Delilah, is it, pronounce your name. Is it Delilah? How do you pronounce Delilah, it? Delilah, yeah. Very mm-hmm. nice. Uh, just like the wonderful Tom Jones song, by the way. So question for you, how many kids are in the TK class? So it varies year to year, but in my experience, I had between 22 to 26 TKers. Okay. Um, so that could be a little bit of a challenge, but just to go back to what um, Dr. Nin was mentioning when it comes to benefits of TK, um, I think the best part of TK is that you are pulling from both the aspect of preschool that is very hands-on. Um, you're learning through play, you're using manipulatives, you're um, a lot of make-believe, but at the same time, you're intertwining that play into academics, which is the kindergarten portion of it. And so what you get is you get this really cool hybrid between uh, TK, I mean, preschool and kindergarten. And so the students are not only getting that social emotional aspect where they get to grow that part of of themselves and grow um, those skills of how to interact with other kids and how to uh, express their feelings. But at the same time, they're also learning phonological awareness and they're learning how to read and sounds and letters and so the biggest benefit is that they get both they get both preschool and they get academics of kindergarten all into one year and so when they come out they're fully prepared for kindergarten um so it like dr lynn said the benefits are just countless right so you know we all know that the bar changes uh just seems like exponentially you know what was a uh, a fifth grade competency is now a third grade and probably pretty soon will be a kindergarten competency you know um and i just have to imagine that tk is preparing uh, uh these uh, students so much as the bar keeps on getting a little more challenging would you agree uh Dyla? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think about myself when I was in kindergarten, it wasn't the way kindergarten is now, right? It's very, a very academic oriented and it's okay. But um, as a teacher, you also want to keep in mind that they're five and you want to be age appropriate and provide instruction that is age appropriate where they are able to learn um, that academic, but that you're intertwining anything, everything they, they need, the social skills, the um, emotional learning. Um, and so if you're able to do both, then that's when the kids are most successful. Um, right. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know, uh, you know, listen, the, the word of the, of the decade, I guess this, uh, this, you know, short decade so far, um, is SEL. I mean, that thing is so critical just because of what's been going on in our, uh, crazy, uh, COVID pandemic world. And this, uh, certainly helps in that, in that vein, you know, Angela, let me ask you this. You've been doing this since 2012. Um, what type of metrics do you have? Um, or do you have the metrics to say, this is where the kids were in TK in 2012, but boy, look where they've come now as, uh, they go into kindergarten. What has changed? Um, what are they learning differently? Yeah, I would say not only have uh, our, our, our students been changing along with uh, the changing times, um, but our, our teachers, our classroom leaders um, have also been developing their skill sets and um, growing professionally and changing their instruction to ensure that the, the current needs that our students are facing 
um, the challenges that they're they're having, um, response to the pandemic, all of those things are um, are impacting how they're how they're leading instruction. And so um, we we have seen more of an emphasis on deeper learning. So we're moving more away from just surface kind of rote basic skills, um, time spent on that, and more focus on the whole child, um, focusing on assets that that students are bringing to the classroom with them. We're not looking at what don't our kids know, what skills are they missing, but we're looking at what are they bringing into the classroom. Um, they're also each so unique. Um, with rich cultural backgrounds and experiences um, that we really are uh, tr trying to tailor our instruction so that we are able to offer more uh, personalized, high interest uh, curriculum for each of our students so that, that they're able to dig deeper, naturally, organically on their own, rather than just learning to be compliant. Because a lot of the focus and Dr. Mehnavar, you, you know, wanted to, to expound a bit more on this, but a lot of it was, you know, preparation from more of an unstructured learning environment from perhaps a, a, a preschool program into a more structured classroom environment. Um, and so learning that compliance, learning how to follow instructions, that was, you know, a, a big emphasis of the program. And while those are important, there's a time and place for that, we really are, uh, encouraging and providing training for teachers and staff to dig a little deeper um, and to uh, look at lesson design that encourages um, you know uh, uh, the students' own uh, efficacy and agency and um, ability to communicate what's important to them and be driven by their interests while teachers act as facilitators and resources to um, enable students to to really take their learning one level higher. You know, that, that is so spot on. Before I turn it over to Kevin, uh, uh, we often chat a lot about you know, the beauty of college and career pathways, of course, and heaven forbid we actually give uh, the opportunity for kids to choose the path they want. What a shock that is, right? And here you guys are doing this in uh, pre-K and TK. You are so spot on. We all know that when kids are motivated to do something, they raise the bar, whether it's in math, science, uh, you know, language arts, pick a topic on it. Um, so spot on what you're doing, which is just really teeing them up for those pathways uh, down, the, down the road on that. Uh, Delilah, you want to make a comment on that? Yeah, I was going to say, um, once you get that beginning of the school year out the way, the setting, the procedures, the routines, um, the structure, um, the kids just, they bloom. They bloom because once that, once all of that is um, kind of set in place, they understand how the, the classroom works, then you're able to do everything else. You're able to have student-led conversations. You're able to do student uh, led learning. And so, like I said, once that is said, I think every year you get a little bit better too in when it comes to um, preparing kids with that beginning of the year, you know, six to eight weeks of structure and routines. And um, once that's set, you're able to, to, what could I say, to do learning or teach in ways that the kids um, are most um, excited about and their interests are intrigued. Uh, Delilah, I, you mentioned that you know, kindergarten has changed a lot since your day, and then I'm a little bit older than you. And certainly, <laughs> but the thing that I remember about kindergarten class, and please, you can laugh at this, uh, but my most 
uh, uh, precision memory of, of kindergarten class was was the the mats that we used to take naps on. Do, <laughs> do kindergartners still take naps in class? That that's not that's not a thing anymore, is it? No, it's not. Although no, I wish okay. maybe they were. That would be a good little. Break. We had mat nap time. They they brought they little these little brown mats. They brought out. I remember one one end had a little tiny little hole in the at the very end, and I didn't know if I was supposed to put my head on that end or the other end. I don't know. Uh, so, um, so those are my memories and things, things have changed quite a bit in, in, in your experience, Delilah, because you, you have taught, uh, kindergarten, you've tra- uh, transitional kindergarten, but also first, second, third, fourth grade. Uh, what, what grade are you teaching currently now? I'm currently a first grade teacher. Okay, so you're getting kids that are coming in from the the kindergarten and the transitional kindergarten program. What what have you seen uh, in your first grade students that lets you know? Okay, this 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 is working. This program is working down here at the at the TK level. I think the 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 thing that's most noticeable is that their phonological awareness that that foundation is set, and so they're able to move on to the more difficult phonemic awareness like letter blends and digraphs um, and irregular words. And so when they have that foundation of TK, they've had two years of building blocks of phonological awareness. And first grade is all reading. It's all, when they get out of first grade, you want them to be able to be fluent readers. And so I think the biggest difference is that kids that didn't have TK are, especially this year because of the pandemic, they didn't go to school at all in person. And so the teachers did go to school at least half the year. So they were able to start that foundational um, uh, foundation for phonemic awareness. And it, it, I think that's the biggest difference when it comes to um, TKers and non-TKers, that they're reading and anything that's under the phonological awareness umbrella is a lot more, um, ex- a lot more, I guess it enhanced than kids who did not go to TK. Can you explain maybe uh, uh, what chronological awareness is? Because I'm not quite sure I understand that concept. So phonological awareness, I like to think of it as like an umbrella and it has to do everything with under that umbrella is phonemic awareness. Okay, so I'm going to try to do a little picture for you. It's the phonological... I'm in kindergarten right now and I need this. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, we... I. You use phonemic awareness all day and you don't know it because you know you don't teach it, right? But teachers do. So phonological awareness is kind of like the umbrella. And under that is everything that has to do with syllables, rhymes, um, identifying the sounds and blending those sounds to make words. So it's kind of difficult to explain, but it has to do everything with reading and print. I don't know if Dr. Lin wants to explain a little deeper. Well, I think, Angela, you were ready to jump in before uh, I, I asked my question. So go ahead. And I know you had a thought about all this. I was. I just wanted to add to what uh, Dr. Minhavar was speaking about. But yeah, you nailed it on the head with Delilah with uh, the definition of phonemic awareness and just the kid's ability to hear sounds. And as, as long as they are able to hear and differentiate, then that makes the whole act of putting print letters and, uh, with sound. And so it, it facilitates the, the learning of the reading process. But to add to that, um, we've also found that students who have had experience in TK and pre-K, um, they have more positive outcomes in not only academically, but behaviorally. So we see that 
students with experience are more confident in the classroom. So as they're, because they're already familiar with classroom routines and procedures as Dr. Menabar had referred to earlier, um, we've also noticed that they're more comfortable with developing and maintaining positive uh, peer relationships. And they tend to be more receptive to leadership responsibilities. And we think that um, is likely the result of them just feeling a higher levels of mastery with just the opportunities and experience that they've been given. I agree. And because at that level, when you can acquire confidence and leadership skills at such a young age, uh, Delilah, that's got to make you feel pretty good if, if you're in, uh, teaching first grade and, you, and you've got these kids that are very willing to raise their hand and answer the question and, and, and perhaps help another uh, student that's maybe not catching on as quick. Correct. Let's you know that we would talk about how TK is is going in the classroom. But let's talk about the business part of it because Universal Transitional Kindergarten uh, is is becoming big. The state of California is uh, initiating this four year phase in. Uh, Angela, I know that you were very kind to send me like pretty much the whole entire history of uh, of, of transitional kindergarten in the state from like 2010, uh, and a lot of it has to do with eligibility dates. Now, the eligibility dates are going to change from September 2nd to February 2nd. That means something to me because I'm a tweener. I was that. And I actually entered kindergarten when I was four years old, turned five very quickly into the into the the school year. And but I was a little different. I, mean, I don't want to brag, but I was already reading. I already knew my A, B's and C's. I kind of had that confidence. I'm not sure I had the leadership, but I, I definitely had the confidence because I was the kid they would always tell to shut up in class and, you know give somebody else a chance. Uh, but let's talk about those eligibility dates and why they are so important. Angela, I'll give you this question first. And Delilah, please uh, jump in as well. Sure, I can share information on this. So uh, up until the 22, this is just kind of technical stuff. I'm not. It's not gonna be all that interesting, but it does um, kind of capture a, a big part of what the governor's UTK plan involves. And so up until the 22-23 school year, TK eligible students would be those who turn five between September 2nd and December 31st in the Hacienda La Puna Unified School District. There was a, a, a omnibus trailer bill several years back that allowed districts to expand the TK birthday eligibility uh, deadline um, and so Hacienda La Puente took full advantage of that and we went ahead and expanded it to um, uh, another month. Students who were younger were then able to become eligible for TK. Um, currently from that model, HLP serves approximately 225 TK students in 11 programs across our um, exceptional schools, our National Blue Ribbon Schools, our California Distinguished Schools, our US News Best Schools, uh, award-winning campuses located throughout the district. So what you're referring to in AB 130, this is a recent legislation that further expanded TK eligibility to eventually include all four-year-olds by the 2025-26 school year. Um, so HLP's expansion model involves incremental augmentation of the birthday eligibility. And we're doing this by augmenting it by two months each year up until 2025 26, when all children turning four by the September 1st uh, birthday will be eligible for TK. So when, when this occurs and uh, HLP's UTK model is going to provide for some much smaller classes with a student to adult ratio of 12 to one. 
starting in the 2022-23 school year. So this is super exciting for our teachers, our families, um, and, and uh, our, our, our students. And then even further down to 10 to one ratio each year thereafter as supported by the state budget. So by the 22-23 school year, uh, Hacienda La Puente students, including our TK, TK students, will also have access to full-day academic and enrichment programming. And when I say full-day, I'm referring to um, at a minimum of nine hours of full-day programming, which is extremely exciting. This, in, this also includes intercession or summer programs that will be designed to provide extracurricular and enrichment experience that are above and beyond the regular program. And the goal of that is to really uh, address the, the growth and development of the whole child. Um, these experiences will be provided through activities that are, like I said earlier, of high interest um, and personally meaningful to students. So we're really excited about this. You know, uh, that's very exciting for uh, all, all those uh, uh, kids that will be four in, in a few years and everybody in between on that. But Delilah, I want to go back to something you said, which I think is uh, spot on. Um, and that is, um, let's not forget these kids are four years old and five years old, okay? And um, there is a lot of learning that has to go. We know that. Uh, we don't want to leave anybody at the uh, gate when uh, things are sprinting and all that. But they are still young. Um, so how much, how are you doing that balance between they are four-year-olds, okay? Um, and this is cool that they're learning a whole bunch of new skill sets and all that business. But make sure we don't go too far off uh, off the range there. We have fun, Drew. Right. We have lots of fun. <laughs> I want to sign it, up now, for God's sake. Can yeah, I go back? It really, <laughs> it really is. I really feel like it could be simple. You know, we remember if you keep in mind that they're kids, you right. know, what do kids like to do? They like to play. They like to sing. They like to dance. They like to chant. So that is what you use as a vehicle to teach. And so that if you would come into my class, and even now with first graders, if you come into my class, we're doing a lot of that, a lot of singing, chanting, dancing, a lot of role play. Um, and in doing that, the kids sometimes don't are not even aware of how much they're absorbing, how much content and academics they're absorbing until they themselves say, wait, I know this. And they get that aha moment. And so... Um, you you use what they like to teach instruction. Um, and when you do that, you see a lot of kids succeed in your classroom. Um, and they like school, you know, and that's what you want. You want them to enjoy school. Um, actually, this year, one of my kids said recently, I just love school. And that's what you want to hear as a teacher, right? So it tells you, okay, I'm doing something right. You know, they're they're learning and at the same time, they're having fun. So to answer your question, Drew, you you use what they enjoy. Right. You use everything is student led, and you throw in your academics into that play, into those songs, into those dances and chants, and 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 you see it when they're learning, and you feel successful or when you get an aha from one of the kids. You you know you're doing something right. So. Not, yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on on that. And I think a lot of the secondary teachers can learn from that, to be honest with you. Because, uh, listen, fun doesn't stop because you got out of elementary school. You know, are you kidding me? Uh, it works uh, terrific. You also mentioned, and you can address this too, you know, Angela, um, that with TK and what you folks are doing, um, it, the collaboration is just absolutely so critical. We all know that is a great skill set. They're going to have to learn when eventually they get, you know, into the upper grades, of course, into college and then to the world of work, which will be there before we know it, um, which ties into leadership. Uh, maybe you can expand on that a little bit, Angela. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that, um, you know, when we talk about the age of, of children coming in and their um, readiness levels, um, right. you know, their developmental stages, um, I think that it, an individual is never too young to learn life essential skills such as character um, or citizenship or ways that they can impact their local, you know, classrooms, their classmates, and maybe even the broader community. And there are so many ins and possibilities, um, just depending on the, the learning design of how we can bring that and those learnings and life lessons um, and experiences into the classroom and um, use it as more, it, it being like the, the, uh, the placemat, you know, of what we're laying all the other academic skills onto. You know, so if our, our students are learning about kindness or they're learning about recycling and reusing, um, there are so many opportunities to fold in the academic skills and lessons in a way like Dr. Menhavar was saying, they're not even realizing that they're doing math, they're doing arithmetic, they're doing reading, they're doing science, they're doing data collection, um, but in a way that matters to them. And so everything can be scaled, right, to, to the, the, your, your audience. And, um, but some things that are universal and really are age agnostic are things like, you know, um, how can I contribute? How can I affect good and positivity in my local um, community and, and, uh, and even, you know, maybe my school or neighborhood community? And that can start at a very young age. So I'm not sure if I answered your question. No, no, you absolutely did. And I think what's so important about that, and uh, I know it probably oozes out of both you and Delilah, um, is when you do this stuff, um, we get back to something that I think has been lost in this world, and that's empathy, where you can actually, um, and I go, you, yeah, there's nobody that knows it better than educators. I'll tell you that. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you that. You guys are the experts in that aspect of it. And then when you see these kids working together and actually care about what their classmates are doing and they feel empathetic and help out, um, we need a lot of that. And uh, so Delilah, maybe you can address that a little bit. Yeah, I was going to mention um, at our district, we have a, a second step program. Um, and it's where you explicitly teach, you know, how to be empathetic and how to care for others. And what does caring look like? What what does being kind like? Because we use those words all the time. Okay, boys and girls, be nice, you know, right. be kind. <laughs> but, but we forget that we have to explicitly teach them what it looks like, what does it sound like, what kinds of words do we use. So that second step program was extremely helpful with um, T-Cares and we actually have it for every grade. Uh, uh, I'm not sure about secondary ed, but I know um, for elementary, you know, TK through six, we all have the program and we implement it daily with little exercises um, on how to practice empathy. And we use a lot of role play to, to practice using those words. Um, and so, yeah, I think explicitly teaching empathy, explicitly teaching um, these character traits is something that, that is lost, I think. And we, we teachers have to be intentional about implementing it into their schedule. Um, as a daily reminder. Well, and of course, as you guys know uh, better than anyone, and those students are going to look at you and they're going to say, hey, is my teacher being empathetic to her colleagues and uh, everybody else and to the parents and all that business? And I think that's, uh, that's great what you're doing. And I think TK can play a great uh, role on that. Kevin? Well, the, I, the empathy training, believe me, I could have used some of that 
uh, growing up. Angela, when you mentioned citizenship, that, that just brought me right back to all the report cards when they graded you on citizenship conduct. And that was always my lowest grade. I could get gays and everything else and I would get a D in, in citizenship conduct. And, and for some reason, art too. I don't, I don't really understand that. Um, but I will say, if you can get kids to learn and they don't know they're learning, boy, you're doing a good job. That's for sure. You know, that's... Uh, Suddenly they're just like, boom. Uh, but I want to uh, I, I want to transition and talk a little bit more because I know that uh, the, the registration for TK is coming up very soon at the district. And in fact, for parents that want information, uh, you'll be conducting uh, online meetings. Uh, let me uh, 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 like kindergarten. A transitional kindergarten, kindergarten roundup, and open enrollment informational meetings the week of January 10th through January 14th. Uh, Angela, can you talk a little bit more about that and maybe some of the obstacles that uh, uh, the, that you fight against with parents if they don't quite understand TK, if it's right for their children or not, and, and, and what do you tell them in response? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. I don't know that we, uh, our obstacles are fighting with parents. I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is just access. Um, and, and ensuring that our, our parents have access to uh, up-to-date information. You know, legislation's constantly changing. We we're talking about UTK today, we weren't talking about it last year, um, and access to the programs that are the best fit for their child and their family's needs, because there are a lot, a lot of options out there. Um, and TK might not be the best option for their particular circumstance. But what we in Hacienda La Puente Unified want to ensure is that regardless of what our family's needs or circumstances, um, or interests are that there is something for everybody. So with this in mind, um, HLP schools are hosting, like you had mentioned earlier, our annual, what we call, we call them TKK Roundup events. Um, and this year, like you said, they're happening the week of January 10th through 14th. They are happening virtually with safety in mind. Um, and uh, we have published each of our schools um, virtual links and times um, on our district website. So if you go to the hlpschools.org website and click onto parents and then enrollment, then you'll see all of the links to each of the schools and all of our elementary schools are hosting at least one, Some, in some cases, uh, more than one uh, roundup event, just so parents who can't make one might be able to make another time that's more convenient for them. And then online registration opens at 8 a.m. on January 18th for all. So we're encouraging everybody to keep an eye on that time and date because these slots, you know, they're highly coveted in our district. Um, and uh, our families are, are really uh, champing at the bit to, to get uh, their child registered. So please um, check us out on the, on the district website. Um, attend one or more of our roundups for more information. Um, and that'll help you make a decision as to which program is best for your kids. Um, I also want to mention that we are extremely proud to, within our district, be able to offer an extremely robust in-house pre-K program that will continue to offer services um, to eligible students and families. So like I said, depending on our students' circumstances, there is a program for everyone right here within our district. Well, that's what you want to hear from a school district. Absolutely. Uh, Delilah, as far as the open uh, registration and, and, the, and the meetings, uh, are you going to be involved in them at all? Will you be lending your expertise? I will. I will and have um, our TK teacher. Um, I've been able to work with her closely um, with things that just based on my experience. So I'm sure we'll be hosting our virtual um, roundup next week. And so I'm lending a hand when I am 
able to, um, but just to kind of piggyback on what Dr. Lin said, I think the, the most important is that access and explaining to parents what, what TK is. Um, sometimes there's um, not a real, uh, the knowledge isn't there of what it is. And so attending those roundups and, and having principals explain that to parents and empowering them with that knowledge, um, I think is the most beneficial thing to having those students attend TK. Yeah, because the TK, it's still really a, a relatively new thing. In 10 years, everybody, all you know, all the kids that have graduated have probably maybe have been through TK. But for right now, and you really do need that information. Mm -hmm. um, I want to kind of pivot a little bit or transition, if you will, because Delilah, you talked about a love of learning early on in the, in the program. And I know for you, this is really actually kind of a a real love of learning because it seemed to me that uh, you knew that you wanted to be a teacher uh, as early as nine years old. And, and you're one of those uh, people that had the amazing teacher that inspired you. And we love these stories. We, we just can't get enough of them here, Drew and I. Can you explain a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit what uh, about the moment that it hit you? It's like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. And a little bit about the, the teacher that inspired you. Absolutely. So Kevin, I'm like you, I would have been a TKer. I'm a November baby. So I was always the youngest in my, you know, kinder class, first grade, second grade, third grade. And so I always got in trouble all the time in my primary years. And I think now looking back after teaching TK, I think it's because I just wasn't ready for what I was given in first grade and second grade. So by the time I got to third grade, I couldn't read. I was not a reader. I didn't know my sounds. You know, I was that kid. And so Mrs. Shepard came to the rescue. Mrs. Shepard is my favorite teacher all time. Even till today, I, when I think of her, I just, it just gets me excited because I just love her so much because she, she did what I want to do now and, and hope that I'm doing every day, but she took me under her wing. She um, uh, would keep me after school. She would come in early to read with me. We read every day, just me and her. So taking that one-on-one -on -one time to do that for me, as a nine-year-old, you're like, right? It's so touching that someone would love you that much, that they would take the time to read that much with you and, and give you that attention and um, that you needed for your learning. And so by the time I got out of third grade, I was a reader, a fluent reader. So I, I, I know that, you know, when you have kids that are struggling, we think like, you know, what can I do? And, and you do every exhaust, every avenue that you can so that you can get them to read or get them to count or whatever it may be, whatever their struggle is. But it really is that passion that, that she showed for me is what got me into teaching. So by the time I, I got to college, there was no question. I went straight into college and I knew I'm going to be an elementary education teacher. So I majored in that. I got into the credentialing program. So by the time I got my bachelor's, I had my credential. So I was ready to go. And um, I was very fortunate because I student taught in this district, in the Hacienda La Puente Unified School District. So I student taught here and I've been here ever since because I got hired right after. So um, very fortunate to have had a teacher like her. And my hope is that every student has a teacher like Mrs. Shepard, um, hopefully multiple teachers that are you know, passionate for their kids and passionate for their learning. So thank you for letting me share that because I, I love her so much. Ms. Shepard, if you're out there, uh, 
know. Uh, please contact us because we're going to have you on the very next episode. And Angela, I don't want to leave you out of this. You also have very much of a passion for education. You've been in the education field for 25 years now, which uh, I, I can hard, hardly believe. Uh, uh, you, you, you've, you've run the gamut. You've been a teacher. You've, you've been a principal. And you've been a principal at elementary school and a middle school. So you kind of, you know, you obviously there's a difference there. You've, 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 you've been through uh, everything. Now you're executive director at elementary school. Do you have a favorite teacher? Yeah, I do. I have several favorite teachers along the way. Um, Mrs. Kelly, my first grade teacher, Mrs. James, my second grade teacher, Ms. Ganico, my third grade teacher. I could actually go on and on, but I, I, I know that's not what why we're here, but you know, they've all um, impacted me, especially at the earliest levels. Um, you know, I, 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 I got an earlier start. Um, it's, it is my 25th year. I started very young. I was what was called, um, I guess, an early bird, having been younger than most of my classmates growing up and, and going through the school system. And because of that, um, I, I do, I frequently, you know, notice the difference between others and myself, not only being s smaller, you know, in, in physical stature, but also, you know, in my own sense of um, its efficacy and, and, and um, you know, lack of confidence at the time. Um, and so TK would have been a life altering experience for me, a kid like me, right? But um, going through school, I, I, I felt, and this was all through middle school and all through high school too, I felt um, more so in the secondary that I, I either wasn't offered many of the same opportunities um, as my peers were to maybe be as vocal or to take on as many leadership roles or maybe it could have just been my own perceptions that held me back in terms of being fully engaged with the school community. Um, and so I carried some of those residual feelings of having to work harder, maybe having to be more disciplined and maybe to conform a little bit more just to, to, to get a seat at the table. So I think what really influenced me and drove me to, um, to, to wanna to somehow go back and fix that experience. You know, maybe I could, you, personally heal in that way. And so others wouldn't have to. Um, so, you know, I noticed in my own teaching and even in my current administrative role, I do have a propensity to seek out and encourage leadership within perhaps the more unexpected or unassuming individuals. Um, maybe to, you know, really intentionally create opportunities for a student voice to be invited and to be validated. So I think that's been a huge driver for me um, and how I came to finding came into finding my place in in K twelve education. Wow, that is that is an amazing story, Drew. Don't you think? Yeah, you know, it, uh, I'm going through my mind on who my Mrs. Shepherd was. Actually, I know who it is. It was uh, Mrs. Dookie in third grade. But uh, uh, and we all have a, a Mrs. Shepherd on that. So, uh, and I'm hoping that my daughter, who just started as a fifth grade teacher, will be that Mrs. Shepherd for many of her uh, her, her, her kids right now. Um, you know, you touched on um, Delilah a little bit about parent involvement. We know obviously how critical that is. Parents are the first teacher and the lifelong teacher of all of all students and us, uh, of course, no matter what age you are you know on that how much input uh, do the parents have in what is being taught in the TK uh, Delilah well we have a curriculum um, that we use for for the academical part of it right. um, but I think Dr. Lynn mentioned earlier that one of the things that we you want to do is bring in you know prior knowledge that the kids have so right. whether it's um, a different culture or different customs that they have. So I think that's that what I like to do in my classes. I 
send out a survey at the beginning of the school year to all my parents and I find out, you know, what are the kinds of things that they celebrate in their home, you know, um, what, what's the native language in their home, um, what are customs that they practice, and I use that as um, kind of kind of as a leverage to see what I can teach my kids that they can relate to. Um, and so I think that would be a part um, of how the parents can input the input, the parents input into what I do in the classroom. So it's more of the cultural um, aspect of it, customs that, that I'd like to include so that the kids feel like they belong here because they do belong here. Um, so I think it'd be more of that aspect. Yeah, and we all know, listen, uh, you know, for those parents that uh, um, maybe didn't have a connection to the school when they were uh, students and all that business, or just because of the nature of what they do, um, school can be sometimes a little intimidating, And but which is uh, so cool what you guys have set up, obviously, um, just in the short conversation, Kevin and I just appreciate how welcoming you folks are uh, on this, and I'm sure that oozes into the kids and, and the parents as well on this. Uh, so... Um, yeah, Angela, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit here. So um, it is uh, five years from now. What does TK look like? TK is going to be um, accessible to all of our four-year-olds. Um, it's going to be a major significant component of our TK-12 program. Um, it's, going to, uh, it's going to be a heavy emphasis on ensuring that our students, even at the earliest levels, are um, having experiences to, to grow in, like I said earlier, citizenship, character, critical thinking, communication, you know, um, collaboration, um, you know, uh, and I'm sure I've left a few out, but I, I haven't been keeping track of them. Um, but, you know, all of the, the skills that are essential for life success, because the stronger the foundation is set, um, obviously, the, the more positive their outcomes will be longer term. So I think it's absolutely worth the investment to have um, these really highly focused classrooms with small teacher-student ratios, um, with the schools being the hub of um, academic learning enrichment opportunities from uh, early morning to evening, where kids can come um, and see their school as being um, small communities um, where they, they, they feel safe, they have their meals, they have connections with adults with whom they trust. Um, they have positive relationships with their peers. Um, so I do see kinder being at the, 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 the center of, of all of that because everything um, you know, grows from there. So the better job we do of making sure we have a solid um, and strong uh, TK program, we will see the, um, it, it's gonna pay dividends later down the road uh, all through uh, high school and beyond. Yeah, without question. Kevin? Well, I tell you what, Angela, you could not have uh, expressed that any better or more beautifully. Uh, you know, I, I really feel uh, very happy for the families in the Hacienda La Puente school district. And uh, maybe maybe there's some people there that haven't started their families yet, but they're in for some good news, too, uh, when, when, when they get to that step. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Dr. Angela Lynn. She's the executive director of elementary education at Hacienda La Puente Unified School District, and Octor, uh, Dr. Delilah Minjavar, who is a first grade teacher at uh, Sparks Elementary School in the Hacienda La Puente School District. And we've been talking about the transitional kindergarten, uh, universal transitional garden, kindergarten and everything kindergarten 
uh, so far today. And I don't want to say that word anymore because I know I'm just going to stumble on over it. Um, and, and, and you are so passionate about what you do. I mean, and this is what we're talking about on California School News Radio, Drew. We're just, we, we, uh, we just want to hear uh, uh, the voices of the people that are serving the community and, and doing it so well. And I, I hope that uh, the, the people in the Hacienda La Puente community are, are listening to this and, and getting a, a much clearer idea of all the good work that's happening at the school district. And there's much more than this, too. We're just, just covering just a sliver here of what's going on at the district. And I would imagine that we could have a, you know, a, a podcast each week just devoted to Hacienda La Puente, and we'd have uh, 52 great conversations like this. Unfortunately, our time is, is just about up. So uh, I would like to uh, uh, give our guests here just uh, one more chance to uh, say a last few words. Uh, Delilah, we'll, we'll start with you. Do you, do you have any uh, final words for us? Any, anybody you'd like to, you know, shout out to? Um, well, I guess I'll shout out my school, Sparks Elementary. We are treading the waters here um, with the times that we're in, but teachers are working really, really hard. And um, there's there's always time to appreciate teachers. So if you know a teacher, go out there and say, you know, great job. Thank you for what you're doing um, because it's very much needed these days. But thank you for the opportunity and for the conversation today. Oh, it's our, our pleasure and our honor, honestly. And uh, Angela? Very quickly, I'd like to give a shout out to, of course, our Board of Education, who sets the direction and the goals and the vision for um, everything that we do here. And they support us with resources and their presence. Um, I want to thank our uh, teachers who are at the heart um, of our classrooms. Um, they are the heartbeat. They are, they are doing above and beyond work to, to make every day a productive and fun and engaging one for our students despite everything else that's going around us. Um, and of course, I wanna thank our, our superintendent and executive cabinet who also have been extremely supportive um, all along the way in providing um, the training and uh, the direction that's needed to continue moving forward. And of course, a special thank you to our classified staff who support the work of our teachers and students on a daily basis. Lastly, I want to thank our parents and students, um, you know, without their support and their energy and their enthusiasm coming to school every day and be on the same page supporting our staff. Um, you know, we wouldn't be the award winning district that we are today. So I'd like to thank all of them. That's beautiful. And Drew, do you have any last thoughts for our guests? Well, I just want to thank them so much for giving up uh, some of their valuable time. I know they're uh, on warp speed times 80, as always, uh, in doing this and just some great content for our uh, listeners. And uh, uh, to Kevin's point, I know the HLP uh, uh, community is just so grateful for both of you folks. And uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, just before, quickly before we go, again, some dates, very important dates concerning the transitional kindergarten program at Hacienda La Puente. Uh, uh, next, uh, January 10th, January 14th are the virtual information meetings for uh, roundup and, and open enrollment. Uh, go to hlpschools.org for more information on that. And the open online registration opens January 18th, which is a Tuesday. Uh, not a Monday, it's a Tuesday because Monday is a holiday. And uh, thank you again for coming on the program. Uh, we would love to have you back again uh, at some point in the future to discuss uh, how the how the uh, the the phase in is going. So uh, just consider yourselves having an open invitation to come back and join us at any time that you want. Um, and that's it. That's uh, another California School News Radio in the books, our first of 2022, and we're a, a very good start. And we're uh, hoping that we can keep up this 
this momentum for the rest of the year. Uh, I'd like to thank our staff. I'd like to especially thank our engineer, Ad Santel. Uh, this man does a heroic job in putting the, the shows together every single week and, and hanging in there with us. And so I really want to give a big shout out to Ad. Uh, you know, he's in the other room blushing right now, and that's fine. Uh, uh, we really appreciate what you do. And, and to Andrew Landreros and uh, Andy Torres, who's uh, helped uh, from the, the hardest working education team in uh, communications, Andy Torres helping bring these stories to us. So that's it for this week. Again, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend and we'll uh, hopefully see you again next week on California School News Radio. Until then, stay safe and stay educated. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.